You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Dave Jorgensen, senior video producer at The Washington Post. Today, I'm joined by Jack Conte, co-founder and CEO of Patreon, to discuss the growth and future of the Creator Academy. <laughs> Excuse me, the Creator Economy. Uh, but there might be an Academy lesson later. We'll see. Jack Conte, welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for uh, having me. Really excited to be here. Of course. I like the background. I hope we get some music from you later. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, hey, and you know. remember, we always want to hear. <laughs> yeah, we always want to hear from you, our audience, so you can share your thoughts and questions for guests on Washington Post Live by tweeting at Post Live. So, Jack, before I get you to play the keyboard, let's start with some basics here. How would you describe the creator economy? Uh, I, I think your your intro clip described it quite well. Um, the creator economy is this birth of, you know, now hundreds of millions of people who are taking advantage of these wonderful um, creation tools that are now um, available to so many people at a at a scale that I think we never have seen before, you know, in, in our history. This camera is a higher resolution camera than the one used to film some of my favorite movies. And now billions of us have these in our pockets and we get to make videos. And this microphone, you know, showed up at my doorstep in less than 24 hours from an order from Amazon. Like it's easier and cheaper and faster to make things than it's ever been in human history. And there's now hundreds of millions of people making things. And then if you combine that with the fact that we're all now connected because the last, you know, 20 years or so of the internet, you get people who are making things and then reaching others with the things that we make. We call those people creators. And um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's gotten kind of a, a name for itself over the last year and a half. But the truth is, you know, there, there's been many creator economies, uh, you know, over, over hundreds and hundreds of years as, as sort of different mediums have come to the forefront of creation. Well, you're absolutely right, because I've been using this phone now for uh, three years to make TikToks for the post. I, I used to have a nice Sony camera I would use, but I don't need it. <laughs> this works fine. And I shoot them vertically and, and it's uh, a lot cheaper for everyone. <laughs> so and by um, the way, your you just TikTok kinda... videos are, are your TikTok videos are incredible. I, I, I mean, you have uh, you have an amazing TikTok game and I saw that you have a book, too, on TikTok. So anyway, I'm I'm following now. It's really wonderful what you're doing. That that's very kind. Jack, I've done a few of these uh, Washington Post lives, and this is the first time anyone has any remote idea who I am. So I'm already you're already my favorite. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> truth is, not that I'm not that I'm uh, trying to get on your good side here, but um, but seriously, the, the the videos the videos are crushing, and um, the the most recent one I thought was so funny about the founding fathers and which amendment was that? Oh yeah, it was the first one. I was I was right. It's the it's the first one. Um, just cutting and genius and um i'm I'm a fan i'm so glad you liked it and i could i could talk about those for hours but i'm not i'm they're not paying me right now to do just that maybe <laughs> maybe later uh but i'm glad you liked that one uh, i got I to move on though and talk about patreon which you founded back in 2013 um how did being a musician and filmmaker on youtube inform essentially what was the thesis behind patreon and and what was missing in this ecosystem that translates art to dollars yeah uh, so I'll, I'll correct one thing about the intro video, which said, you know, oh, uh, I think it said, it said Jack Conti, former YouTuber. I'm still producing a uh, hundred music videos a year, uh, on YouTube. So I'm still active and putting out lots of music and lots of videos and, and a current, a current YouTuber. So it informed, you know, Patreon nine years ago when we launched and it continues to inform Patreon today. Um, uh, you know, a, a, every day. And maybe a, a, a couple things stood out to me. You know, as a YouTuber, I was, um, 
you know, when when Patreon launched, I was reaching, I don't know, a couple million people a month with my YouTube videos. Um, had a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's like a, you know, I'm not like PewDiePie. I'm not playing Staples Center, but you know, a hundred thousand subscribers is a football stadium full of humans looking forward to my next thing. And I had this feeling that that should be enough. Like that should work. If I've got a football stadium full of people who want to see my next video, um, like on what planet is that not enough? Uh, you know, in what world does that does that not translate to to making an income? And, um, you know, no one else was really thinking about that or doing that um, nine years ago. It's only in the last couple of years, I think people have really started to wake up to the fact that creators deserve to be paid for the work that they're contributing to the world. I mean, creators make our lives better uh, every day with their work and insight and um, holding a mirror up to society. And um, it's an important function. Creativity is um, it's not just beautiful, but it's an important function for, you know, in the world. And um, and creators ought to be paid and compensated for doing what they do. And um, yeah, I mean, nine years ago, you know, when we launched, I was getting I was reaching a million people a month and um, and getting paid one hundred and sixty six dollars in ad revenue. And that felt awful. It felt unfair. It felt it felt like it wasn't reflective of my impact. Um, and, um, right. and, and so that was, that was when, uh, you know, I, I sort of sketched out an idea on a few pieces of printer paper and launched Patreon. I, I have an extremely unimportant, uh, follow-up question. Did PewDiePie really play Staples Center or is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think PewDiePie has ever played Staples Center, but, uh, maybe okay. I should have said, right. uh, who's played Staples Center? Lady Gaga. There you go. Lady Gaga. Okay. Or, there you go. No, All right. Okay. She's probably five years. I was ago just now. trying to Who imagine him like know? streaming a game in Staples Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. It's already in my head, though, so it's never going away. Um, okay, let's follow. I got another one for you, though. This is a real question. Um, Patreon is home to over 250,000 creators, and they have earned $3.5 much more than that, that measly, I think you said 166 you were getting earlier, uh, from 8 million subscribers. Obviously, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, they can all offer a lot more eyeballs. Is that the value proposition to artists, Can the consistent income that you're getting? That's a key thing for creative people. I mean, as a creator myself, you know, nine years ago, money was kind of coming in chunks. I would do a licensing deal and get a big chunk of money and then um, have to kind of make it last for however long until the next thing happened. Um, but that's not how most of the world, you know, operates. People who have jobs and who provide consistent value, you know, get paid every month. Why shouldn't creators be paid every month? Um, so, yeah, that was absolutely a big piece of, you know, what informed Patreon was the fact that subscription income just means reliability and predictability for creative people. So it means that uh, that creators can have that ongoing living and plan and budget and, and forecast and um, better run their businesses. And, and you call Patreon itself a membership model. So can you elaborate more on what that means? Yeah, membership is, is actually quite a simple concept. Um, there are like real world versions of memberships, but, um, but this category of membership to, to a creator is something that, that we've been working on now for you know six, seven years. And, um, and essentially what that is, is a subscription payment in exchange for, for uh, exclusive content and community. It allows uh, a creator to run a subscription um, content and community service where they can um, you know, give their fans extra content, extra access, uh, you know, a, a behind the scenes glimpse at what they do, um, some extra videos, some extra episodes, whatever it is um, that their fans want. And we provide the infrastructure to creative people to do that. 
So I, I use Patreon uh, myself very specifically to follow uh, a Survivor podcast. That's a very small group of very passionate fans, and it's really fun. So I have a pretty good sense of Patreon, but maybe for the viewers, you can give a sense of what it looks like inside Patreon in case they've never been. Sure. So a creator signs up and then um, they start a page. That's kind of a landing page for their fans. So fans can come and decide whether or not they want to be members. Um, and then when a, a fan does and when a fan becomes a member, the creator gets a, a suite of tools, including like a CRM and posting tools. So they can communicate with their fans. They can communicate with their members um, and then allows them to make posts and, um, and uh, you know, fulfill the benefits of their membership with their with their patrons. And you already talked about this very briefly, but what are the drawbacks of the advertising model for artists on YouTube? Is it just, are you just not, you know, you're not getting a bang for your buck, but what what's going on there? How is that, how is it so little compared to, you know, what Patreon might be offering? Um, how long do we have? Um, <laughs> uh, well, it, it, no, in, in, in all seriousness, I think there are actually a, a lot of drawbacks. Um, and I know I'm, you know, uh, we we all know about many of them. There's serious side effects on, um, on privacy, um, on security, on um, how you know, on our relationships, on addiction. Um, there's some serious problems um, uh, with the advertising model. I think for for society as a whole, um, that we've really woken up to over the last you know five ten years in particular. Um, but I think you know even worse for for creative people, um, there's there's a problem of efficiency. Specifically, you know, if I say I'm a super fan of a particular creator, and um, say you know I follow them on on Instagram, I watch every YouTube video, I go to all the concerts, I have the T-shirt. I'm a super fan. I love this creative person. You know, they make stuff that I I enjoy every day. And mm -hmm. when that creator releases a new video, for example. Um, and I watch that video under an advertising model, my view of that video translates to fractions of a penny being transferred to that creator. It's like one one thousandth of a CPM is what my view is worth um, in an ad driven ecosystem. But that's ridiculous. If I'm a super fan and I love this creator and I love everything they do, this video that they just made might be worth ten dollars to me it might be worth twenty dollars and and yet in this advertising system it's it's worth you know less than a thousandth of a penny that's crazy to me it doesn't make any sense um it's not good for creative people it's not what fans want um and there needs to be more models now uh, you know I'm, I'm i actually think it's really important for creators to like diversify their income stream so we don't advise creators to turn off ad revenue unless they want it. Like it's actually helping to support a lot of creative people right now. It's just not a very efficient way um, to do it. And it's certainly not enough to, to build a, you know, a full creative business. And you're helping them build these businesses, obviously. And I, I'm curious and, and tell me if I'm off here, but it seems like you don't necessarily prioritize audience building. Is that correct? And can you tell me more about that as well? What we prioritize is a direct relationship between a creator and their fans. And so I'll give you an example of how that translates um, into the product. When a creator makes a post on Patreon, we deliver 100% of those posts to 100% of their patrons 100% of the time. No questions asked. Um, that's very different from when I make a post on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else. When I make a post on Facebook now, a little pop-up comes up and says, congratulations, you've reached 
two and a half percent of your audience. Would you like to reach three percent of your audience? Pay two hundred dollars to boost this post. Um, oh God, that is the opposite of a direct connection with your fans. That sucks for creative people. That is mitigating the relationship. Just, sorry, I'm getting frustrated because it's it is frustrating okay. for me as a Let creator to have invested yeah. for like decades in these platforms and then to have them basically cutting off my relationship with my fans. That's the opposite of what's good for creativity. It's the opposite of what's good for creative people. And so um, the, the, way, the way we view it is a creator ought to own that relationship. A creator ought to have a pipeline to their fans, no questions asked. Um, and that's what we prioritize. Now, the reason these other platforms mitigate that relationship is because they prioritize like audience building and personalization and discovery and those sorts of things. And I actually think that's like a, a, an important um, Obviously, it's a very important thing for creative people, and I think they need um, they need that. We need that. We need to be able to reach our you know reach new fans and new audiences elsewhere. But it's not the focus of Patreon. The focus of Patreon is providing that connection and providing that ongoing relationship, and and ensuring that that relationship is owned by creative people. And this economy has changed a lot, as we talked about, just in the last five years, and not decade, however long. Um, in part, thanks to Patreon. But today, when you hear from content creators, what are they saying that's missing today in the equation? So many things. There's so many things that are missing for creators. Um, List you know, three. The, uh, the, 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 the best way to, I think to think about this is like what is happening right now is a creative renaissance, right? Like for the last 20 years, um, you know, with, with the advent of the of the internet and and you know low cost and ubiquitous creation tools, we've seen so many people start to do creation as a living. Um, but it's still a very young industry, right? It's still like, and so most of the problems for creators to build, if you think about it this way, it's like problems around creators building online media businesses. That's essentially what creators are doing. Building their um, and there's kind of uh, no infrastructure for creative people to do. There's no, if you need to hire teammates, if you need to, uh, you know, if you need healthcare, if you need, um, you know, to, uh, to have business intelligence, if you need, um, you know, 3P uh, and, and distribution for your physical goods. Um, there's so many problems that creative people have, and they're kind of having to, to cobble together all of their own solutions to kind of build their own media companies. And um, that's hard. Like creators have their work cut out for them, just making, you know, their art for, for the world and producing their art. That's enough of a job. But now we're expecting them to be CEOs of their own media companies. And that, that um, is a, that's a hefty job. That's a hard job. And so there's a lot of problems associated with kind of scaling and just keeping a, you know, keeping going, uh, building your own media company as a creator. We've talked a lot about this relationship uh, that the creators have with YouTube, wherever else they're, they're posting, and then of course the relationship with Patreon. Um, we just had this Twitter question come in from Phil Parkman. It says, what responsibility does Patreon have to censor their creators? It's such a good question. Um, so the, the, way, um, the way we think about this is essentially content policy and trust and safety are like very important functions. And I don't think many companies are doing that um, well right now, largely because I think it's a burgeoning field. Um, and obviously there are like very complicated issues around 
what is okay to say and do on the internet and what is not okay to say and do on the internet. Um, and I am incredibly proud of Patreon's content policy. I think we've um, we've invested deeply there. Ten percent of our team is devoted to this problem, uh, to content policy and, and trust and safety and making sure that we're making the right decisions. And it's particularly important for Patreon because we're talking about a person's living here. So we don't take that responsibility lightly of having to remove somebody's Patreon page from the service. Because again, this is a person's income. This is a, per a person's livelihood. Um, that said, there are cases where I think it's it's the right thing for us to do to to act and take down a page. If a page is, for example, spreading instructions on how to pour concrete on railroad tracks, um, we can't allow that on Patreon. If a if a creator is spreading instructions on you know how to manufacture guns and bombs, like we we obviously we can't we can't allow that. Um, so you know we have a very thorough content policy. That we've invested a lot in and we we you know it's a living breathing field so we're constantly iterating on it and adjusting it to make sure that we're keeping up with the pace of the internet and keeping up with the pace of culture um but it's a responsibility that we take i guess very seriously um because it's such an important problem and i think getting it wrong in either direction has so many um you know clear consequences so we have to be really careful and thoughtful as we as we approach that question uh, who at Patreon is is arbitrating that? Like, who is kind of making these decisions about those policies? It's a team of people called our trust and safety organization. Content policy team writes content policy. And those are, you know, experts in the internet and culture and policy and law and um, and kind of, you know, what's what's happened over the last 10 years on online with other um, companies, and then there's a team. That's the content policy team. Then there's a trust and safety team. The trust and safety team is is responsible for enforcing the content policy, um, and it's those teammates that are making decisions uh, about each piece of content uh, on Patreon, proactively and then uh, responsively as well. Um, and that's a very hard job, right? Those those teammates are um, constantly evaluating the edge and you know being exposed to um, you know, sometimes very disturbing things that are on the internet. So I have a lot of respect for our teammates who are working in trust and safety. It's a really tough job, but it's that team that's enforcing the content policy. Uh, and you talked about sort of the, the flow of the internet and how fast it goes. I, I don't envy you trying to keep up. Uh, I've noticed a lot, even with TikTok, I mean, it's just constantly changing. Uh, and there, there's actually, we have a question here that kind of reminds me of how quickly TikTok and its policies are changing. It's another Twitter question from Rock Dots. That's the handle. Uh, Jack, with respect to music in particular, there's a large established music business with its own rules and flow of money. Can creators participate in that and Patreon? What are the challenges there? Yes, absolutely. Creators, I mean, we don't have restrictions on what, you know, what types of industries you can and can't do. If you're, you know, if you're working with a management company or if you're assigned to a label and you're not happy with a deal, we're not going to stop you from launching on Patreon. Of course not. I mean, in, in many ways, we are there to support creators who are unhappy with their current business arrangements and are looking for a for a better route where they have autonomy and control and where they don't have somebody telling them what BPMs to write their songs at, um, which you know I think is a, a frustrating thing for a lot of creators who are kind of in the establishment feeling like they don't have full creative ownership of their work. A lot of the creators that we see on Patreon um, are you know joining the platform because they want creative independence. They want creative control. 
And so absolutely, we allow those creators uh, to, to join the platform and to, and to you know, build their own businesses and, and have their own sense of autonomy and creative control. And there are all kinds of creators and artists on Patreon. Is, do you have a sense of what genre of artists seems to perform the best? You know, what's so interesting about that is it has nothing to do with genre and it has nothing to do with, um, the, you know, the, the, um, the medium that the creator is, is uh, working within. It is, uh, it is just how much do you love your fans and how much do your fans love you back? It really is that. <laughs> and I know that's funny to, to say, but, um, but it's, the, it makes it's sense. the truth. It's the truth. It's, and, and we've seen that, you know, there are some podcasters who just have this incredibly strong, tight relationship with their fans. And then there's some TikTok creators who have that. And there's some video creators who have that. And at the end of the day, it's that two-way street and that tight engagement and that um, that feeling of, of mutual love um, that, uh, that, that you know, is, is kind of a predictor of a creator doing well on the platform. I think that's absolutely right. That that uh, rings true with my experience. We have something we call the, the Washington Post TikTok cinematic universe, which is just basically that there are Easter eggs and inside jokes in every TikTok that are referencing something from 50 TikToks ago. And that seems, that community building seems to be what works more than anything else. For sure. That's such a good idea. Yeah, just I, I can imagine people seeing that and feeling like they're a part of it and feeling like they're along for the journey. And so that's exactly uh, right. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah, uh, and and you know, for me, it is a a full time gig. Uh, but I'm curious, the sort of makeup of the creators you have on Patreon are are, are a lot of them full time, or is it kind of supplementing incomes? How does that work? So the goal of the company, um, you know, what we what we want to do is. Um, uh, is is provide infrastructure for creators to quit their jobs and do their businesses and their creation full time. Um, now the platform is open, which means that we don't stop people <laughs> from setting up a Patreon page. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of people who launch a Patreon page who are kind of aspirational or don't you know they they want to eventually get into creation but they haven't yet. And so we're not going to stop those people from launching a Patreon page. But there are a lot of those pages on Patreon. Um, it doesn't change the fact that like who we're building for and the kinds of things that we build are things for people who want to be a creator full time. Things for people who who you know want to build a creative business, want to reach their fans, have that be the thing that they wake up every day and do. So I saw on the Patreon website, or, or I think it was a Patreon blog page related to the website. Uh, basically, it was a really helpful page, and here's how you can get health insurance, here's the myths about health insurance, all that kind of stuff. Uh, for the people that are full-time using Patreon for their full-time income, is there any consideration by Patreon that you might actually have access to healthcare provided by Patreon? This is something I'm so excited about and I want to do in the future. Um, we don't have a timeline on it or a time or you know any sort of horizon. It's not currently on the roadmap. And the reason is because there's actually a lot of work to do on just the core of membership with regard to helping creators showcase their work and build communities on the platform. And so we're prioritizing that. Um, but gosh, I want a world where, um, you know, where creators don't have to choose between, um, you know, benefits and the steady desk job um, or full-time creation. And so, yeah, whether, whether we kind of build it natively or a partner to make sure that it happens it is something that I'm really excited about. And um, and yeah, that's, you know, you, you mentioned problems previously. I mean, quitting quitting the quitting the job where you have the benefits and the, you know, and and healthcare and retirement and savings and all those sorts of things, that's 
that's a hard thing to do. And, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I absolutely want to solve that for creative people at some point. Well, I think you would, you would be ahead, uh, of the, of basically the landscape as it is right now, but I, I would like to talk more about that landscape. You know, we have these immediate giants that are now kind of doing the same thing you started many years ago. There's Substack. I think the Jonas brothers have something called Scriber. I think, uh, and you were early and you were right, but are you concerned about the other companies entering this space? Um, it is, it is my job to be paranoid as a, you know, as an owner of a platform about competition. That said, um, I'm, I'm not losing sleep over it. And I guess there's, there's two reasons. One, sometimes people ask me about, you know, uh, the fact that, well, you know, Instagram's got subscriptions now and YouTube's, you know, trying to get creators paid and all these people are trying to get creators paid. Like, Jack, aren't you worried about this? My response is, hallelujah like finally the world is waking up to the fact that like creative people should be paid for their work i'm so grateful and thankful that we're entering a new phase and what's even better is that um it's not going anywhere like there's so much momentum and excitement about the creator economy now that all these big companies are vying to be the best company at getting creators paid that is Great. I, I'm very happy about that um, as a creator myself. I, I, we couldn't be in a better position. I think over the next you know, couple decades, um, there will be billions and bi tens of billions of dollars sent to creative people. Um, and that is going to accelerate you know, um, the, this, this coming renaissance that we foresee. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and then in terms of you know, competition and, and, and uh, what it means for Patreon, we do a lot of things differently that I think um, give us an advantage, and, and that's another reason that I'm not worried. Is that you know, um, one, creators are who we're serving, and that's it. We are serving creators; they are our priority. And on you know Instagram and Facebook and all these other platforms, creators are one of 50 constituents in their massive ecosystems, and they're constantly making trade-offs that hurt creative people. And it reduces trust in those platforms and it reduces my ability to long-term bank on those platforms um, to, to do my thing as a, as a creator. I mean, I remember years ago when, you know, YouTube made a, a ranking change to its algorithm and, you know, my traffic got cut in half. I remember when Facebook did the same thing and it wasn't just creators that got hurt. It was media companies and publishers that, you know, end up going through layoffs because suddenly they have less traffic and less people reading their things and Facebook just feels fine making those decisions. And um, that's not good for creative people. So at the end of the day, I, I'm not I'm not losing sleep over those companies because I think, um, yeah, I think we put creators first every time, you know, over and over again. And eventually I think that will breed uh, more trust and and give creators uh, more control and make creators um, uh, more successful on the platform. So over the long run, it's not something that I'm, you know, that, that I'm losing sleep about. Well, you know, I think that mixture of paranoia and excitement is is healthy uh, too, because like in my very small corner of the creator economy, when other people said, what about other newspapers on TikTok? I'm like, great. <laughs> They'll just prove that we work just as hard and that they're them being not as good as us will show how much better we are. Exactly. Yeah. It. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. From from our standpoint, like the more creators, the better. The more creators quitting their jobs and building businesses and um, doing what they do best, 
the better. Like we're we're thrilled about that. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, it, it um, just even even selfishly for Patreon means we have more people to be building for. So we're we're thrilled about it. I, I have one last question for you, and, and I I've, I'm asked a version of this a lot. So now I'm passing it on to you. It's like the ring where I have to pass it on now to get rid of this question. But uh, where do you see the creator economy in five years and Patreon itself? Yeah. Um, I think in in five years, let's let's go let's go five to ten. I'm going to say five to ten years. The thing that I'm most excited about um, is I foresee a cultural change. I foresee um, a world where creative people are valued and respected, and um, I see the the dissolution of the term starving artist, and I see a world where being a creator is normal where a kid graduating high school and college uh, can think of being a creative person as an option, um, not a dream. It's something you can do. And the infrastructure is there to support you um, in that. I think that's coming sooner than we all think. It's actually already here. It's just the, the culture that hasn't kind of caught up with it yet. But we are very close to that world. And it's... Um, it is a world that I'm just personally very excited about. Me too. It's within reach. Uh, that's all the time we have for today, Jack. At the intro here, you corrected something for us. Now I need you to correct me. Is your last name Conte or Conti? I say Conti, but you know enough people say Conte that it's probably that too at this point. Do you, do you know if you Google your name, Google says this is how to say Jack Conte, and it says Conte? You're kidding me. I'm not. That's why I was like, I got it. it Google says. <laughs> Google is wrong. Wow. I know. I've just I've just demonstrated uh, another part of the creator economy, misinformation. But anyway, yeah, it's Jack uh, <laughs> Jack Conti. Got it. Uh, well, Jack Conti, we are out of time. <laughs> but I appreciate you correcting me and every this whole conversation. Thank you so much for joining us here on Washington Post Live. Of course. Thank you, Dave. And keep keep crushing on the TikToks. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.